Hello and welcome to another edition of the Chad's Chatterings Podcast. I am your host, Chad Maples, and while you're here, make sure you like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast so that you can know when new episodes become available. Today's podcast is entitled, Looking for Fun in All the Wrong Places. So sit tight and stay tuned. You're now listening to the Chad's Chatterings Podcast. It was the summer of 1989, and I was 14 years old when I first attended a week-long Bible camp at Harding University called Uplift. Somewhere in the course of the week, there was a talent show, and there were auditions for the talent show, and I decided to do my first-ever ventriloquist act. I was inspired by a TV show that I saw called Who's in Charge Here, featuring comedian and ventriloquist Ron Lucas. Now, most, if not all, of my material came from this TV show. I just had to reduce it down to five minutes for the talent show, and I was good to go. Now, for my puppet, I took one of my used socks, and I put it over my hand. I took a black permanent magic marker, and I drew two black circles for the eyes. I then took a rubber band, put it over the top of it, and you know made the mouth for the sock, and I named the puppet. Socky, which is a pretty generic name for a, a sock puppet, I have to say that. But I actually got the name of the puppet from an old episode of the A-Team where Murdoch made a sock puppet and named it Socky. Now, the night of the talent show arrived and my youth minister was kind of nervous and, and concerned that I might embarrass myself besides this Bible camp was host to thousands of teens every year. And this was either going to be a huge success or a huge failure. But I was 14 years old and I was starving for attention and I was just determined and brave enough to take the risk, I guess. I was not confident enough to write my own material because I didn't know if it was going to be funny or not. And that's why I borrowed the material from Ron Lucas, because I had seen it work before. The show went well, and in front of thousands of strangers, I performed my very first ventriloquist act. And the judges brought me and two others out on stage for the comedy section of the talent show to see who would win the comedy section of of this event. And, and it came down to a tiebreaker between me and one other person, and they had to have a runoff or a tiebreaker, and and the audience would vote by applause. And before they started the the tiebreaker, there's thousands of people that started chanting my sock puppet's name, Socky. Kind of hilarious to hear thousands of people saying, Socky, Socky, Socky. <laughs> Needless to say, I won first place. And, and I should also mention this was my infamous 15 minutes of fame that I just stood there in awe of and enjoyed every minute of it. And there was no cash reward or no medal or no plaque or anything, just a bunch of thousands of people cheering for myself and a a used sock. (laughs) I still remember returning home from Uplift and my mom going through my laundry the next week or that weekend and 
she found a sock with two black circles drawn on it, and she said, what in the world did you do to your sock? And I then explained to her that that sock was the most popular sock on Harding's campus last week, and it received a standing ovation. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how far we will go to get the attention of other people? I mentioned earlier that I did the talent show because I was I was starving for attention at 14 years old. And, you know, I got the attention that I wanted, but it was only temporary and it was short-lived. I also borrowed the material from a professional comedian because I wasn't confident in my own material. Even down to the name of the puppet itself, I took from an old 80s TV show even though the name Saki is a very generic name for a sock. Now, I enjoyed making people laugh, and, and I guess that's one of the reasons why I entered the talent show. And the other reason was because I wanted that 15 minutes of fame, but that 15 minutes of fame was in front of total strangers that had no monetary value to it at all. And some of these so-called strangers would see me later on during the week, and they would pat me on the back, shake my hand. Hey, you know, nice job. We really enjoyed the show. But at the end of the week, we went our separate ways, went back to our normal lives and probably have never seen each other since. And even if I did run into somebody from then, I, I wouldn't know it. Back in 2014, there was a movie that came out entitled Hector and the Search for Happiness. And the story is about a a man in England who is a psychiatrist and he goes on a worldwide hunt to ask people what makes them happy. And he, he has a, he came up with a list of 23 different things that he discovered in regards to happiness. Now, one of the things that he said in this list, and I'm not going to go through the entire list for you. You can Google it or, or do your own research if you want to. But one of the things that he had in this list that, is relevant to this particular podcast is that he said making comparisons can spoil your happiness. Now the talent show is not the only time in my life that I tried to seek the approval of other people or compare myself with other people. I played football in high school for one year because I thought that I would fit in with all the cool kids. And needless to say, I found out the hard way that not Everybody that plays football is considered, quote, cool. I've also made various comparisons when it comes to other careers. And at one point in college, I thought I was going to go to law school, but I eventually decided to go in another direction. At another point, I told myself that I wanted to be a college professor, and the closest thing I came to achieving that goal was being an adjunct college teacher for a few years prior to moving to Kansas. Now we live in an age of social media, and there are more and more people online that, that are on social media that, that just seem to be desperate for attention every day. They thrive on how many hearts and likes they can get on Facebook and Instagram, and then you also go into the online gaming world, and people compete in a variety of video games online. I remember talking with someone who plays video games online, and they were trying to save up enough points to get a, a new skin for their character. 
Now, if you don't know what a, a skin is for in the video gaming world, it's basically a, a different costume. It, may, it just makes your character look a little bit different. It may give your character a little bit, you know, some more abilities that it doesn't have. I'm not really familiar, but, but you know, it just makes your character look different. And I asked this person, why would they want to save up the, that many points? Why do you want this particular skin? And they just told me, well, it just looks cool. Not to mention that they are competing online with people that they will probably never meet in their entire lifetime. Then you have people that do other things to get attention uh, on TikTok, for example. And then there's nothing wrong with making TikTok videos as long as they're appropriate and, and relevant. The, the key word here is, is relevant. I was scrolling through TikTok recently and came across a live video of someone that was basically recording themselves at a computer typing at work. They weren't talking. They, they just had the camera pointed to them and they were just typing. And that was it. Pretty boring video, to be honest with you. But there's several dangers that can occur when we seek the approval of total strangers on social media. One of the dangers that we find on, on social media is that people can be brutally honest and mean when they are online. Now, as I was watching this person typing on their computer at work, I read some of the comments that people were making, and one of these individuals that made a comment on this video was brutally honest and said, wow, you are really desperate for attention. Now, I don't know if that person read that comment later or if they responded. Uh, I didn't hang around long enough to find out if there was any interaction because, like I said, it was kind of a boring video. But another danger of seeking approval online or through social media is that it also causes a huge dissatisfaction in life. When you're, when you're looking for attention on social media, it is like building a house with straw. And the winds of reality will come, and then that house will fall down. I like how one person said it, and I, I echo this sentiment. He said, I don't worry about what people say on Twitter because Twitter is not a real place. We have to separate social media from reality, or else we're going to be really, really disappointed in life. But we make comparisons with ourselves to other people all the time. We pick out the best attributes of different people, and we measure them up against ourselves. And we do the same thing with body parts. We say, well, if we, if I, I admire this person, I want this person's face, their waistline, their legs. Yeah, I want their personality. I want their characteristics on this and that and the other. And what we have done as a result is we've created a mythical person who does not exist. And we continue to measure ourselves up against the strengths of other people. And that is why we come up short all of the time on a consistent basis. That's why I love to tell people, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Perhaps the greatest irony of comparing ourselves to other people is, the, is that it's quite self-focused. And as a result, we fool ourselves into believing things that are not true. And it's these myths that we use to shape 
and structure our approach in life. And you know, I mentioned Hector in his search for happiness and in, in his list of things that he, he had, there were a few other things that I, I feel are relevant to this discussion. He said, happiness often comes when least expected. Sometimes happiness is not knowing the whole story. It is a mistake to think that happiness is the goal and then happiness is feeling useful to others. But you know, when you go to the book of Psalms and you go to the very first Psalm, the very first word in the first sentence of Psalm, Psalm chapter one, verse one, the very first word is blessed or blessed, however you want to pronounce it. And that word is translated as happy. And so the psalmist starts out his entire book by saying blessed or happy is the man who does not, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his happiness is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on it day day and night. So notice the progression here. There's a man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. He stands in the paths of sinners, and then he sits in the seat of the scornful. So at first he's walking, then he's standing, and then eventually he sits. And, and this man that he, he portrays he is someone who's walking with the ungodly or walks in the counsel of the ungodly, takes advice from other people, and eventually settles down uh, among them, trying to make comparisons with who he is versus who he wants to be or who other people are. And the psalmist is trying to say, you're going to be happy if you don't make those comparisons, if you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the paths of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But true happiness is found in the law of the Lord or meditating on what God's will is for us in our life. Where is your happiness today? Are you trying to compare yourself to other people? And if so, how's it working out for you? Be content with who you are and remember to be yourself because everyone else is taken. This concludes this particular episode of the Chaz Chatterings podcast. Make sure you like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast so you can know when new episodes are available. Thank you once again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.